This is what he said. Their lungs look like someone who's flying at 30,000 feet and there's cabin pressure disappears, the oxygen disappears, and they slowly die of lack of oxygen. He said another analogy. It's like their lungs look like something I would expect if you took someone and you put them on the top of Everest with no acclimatization and obviously no breathing apparatus, you would expect their lungs to do that. He said, I don't know what's going on, but it's not COVID-19, it's not an infectious disease, and I've never seen anything like it. Now, and this is admitted by the telecommunications industry. 5G at 60 gigahertz, which is where they want to take it, and I say already bloody have on the quiet, stops the human body and blood absorbing oxygen. If someone is hit by 60 gigahertz frequencies of 5G, they will not be able to absorb enough oxygen. They would just collapse in the street. Um, and that, those symptoms, that outcome, is so exactly what this doctor in New York is describing, he is seeing, but says, I don't know what's going on, never seen anything like it. And, you know, let me just bring this around. They have not had enough dead people, despite uh, fixing the figures and getting as many people to die of COVID-19 as possible, to justify the fact that it's this vastly deadly um, virus. But at the same time, the death figures are basically not going up of all causes. They're building morgues. They're turning football pitches into morgues. They're doing it in many, many countries. They're, they're um, having um, preparations for lots and lots of dead people. Ha! What's they don't fit, except... Just fixing the figures wouldn't justify filling those because they'd never do it. And if they're building all these um, massive mortuaries, etc., and the figures start to go down, as they have in China, oh, we're through it, they're going to look total prats. So why are they doing it? Well, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying this is a, something that we should watch for. The more, this is why they're doing it now, rolling out all these 5G towers, etc., everywhere, these satellites, the more that they expand 5G, the more 5G is going to impact upon the population's health. 
And the more it impacts upon the population's health, the more they can say it's caused by COVID-19. And if they start firing out 5G at 60 gigahertz, they're going to have a lot of people who are going to keel over because they can't absorb oxygen. Now, if they did that, they could start filling mortuaries and they could say, look, this is the, this is the, the virus, what it's doing, we must have even more lockdown and it must go on and on and on and on. So we need to watch for that. If, given the, given the, the, the figures and the numbers we've had so far, if people start going down in, in, in large numbers, in anywhere in the world where there's 5G, and, um, and end up in these mortuaries, we should start to question big time and put two and two together. Because that happening on the trajectory of figures so far would be unexplainable, but not if they're taking oxygen out of the atmosphere. And it can be done in a very small area. You can target a, um, an old people's home and you can, take five, you can take the oxygen out with 5G and people will die. And you'll say COVID-19. And you know what's happening. And there's been, you know, what are now called citizen journalists. People will go out with their cameras and their, their, um, their phone cameras to film this stuff. What they're doing while the schools are closed, what they're doing while people are locked away, is they're putting 5G into schools. You know where else they're putting 5G? Into frickin' hospitals. They're putting 5G everywhere. And so once this is set up, they have the ability to manipulate people psychologically and physically. And th where this is all leading, well, part of where it's all leading, is to the vaccine. Mm. Now, before we get to the vaccine, there's hospitals that, that we've seen that are vacant. Yeah. There are these emergency things that are vacant. And some of these curves are, we're told, are flattening, mm -hmm. which means, like you said, they're not going to be used. No. Which is going to make this all look like a big overreaction, which is going to make all these lockdown powers be able to easily be reversed. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. So, so the, the question is, are they going to allow that to happen and just say, oh, no, because this is the key. This is the scam. When these figures that this Imperial College and this Neil Ferguson Pratt um, claimed don't manifest, what are they going to say? The lockdown was the reason they didn't manifest. So basically they can't lose. But they locked down Italy on March the 9th and the figures had just gone and gone and gone and up week after week after week after week. Whereas in China they went down like that. Um, so. Uh, W will they just let it go down and, and that's the end of it? Or are they building these massively overreacting um, morgues, etc., for a reason? Because you're absolutely right. We are told by the media, and by the media I don't mean journalists, by the way. They'll never be journalists. Um, we're talking about war zone hospitals. Now, if they start using 60 gigahertz 5G to take um, out people absorbing oxygen, then they, they may well be war zone hospitals in that, in, in that scenario. But as things are, 
They're not war zone hospitals. People have been going around all over the world, you're absolutely right what you say, to these war zone hospitals. They're freaking empty. They're empty. One guy went round a hospital in um, Stoke Mandeville for two hours filming everything. Bloody place was empty. What did they do? Did they, well, well done, mate. What, why is this hospital empty? It's supposed to be a war zone. They've jailed him for doing that. Um, and the, the, you look, you mentioned it earlier, this is a very important point. We have in this country a government department, a government censor, called Ofcom, um, Office of Communications, which is the regulator of British broadcasters. They have said, and it's, it's run by um, a lady called Melanie Dawes, and we need to note these names down, ladies and gentlemen, and when we're through this, at some, at some level through it, these people have to be called to account. We have a situation where this lady and her organisation, which is a government department, has told um, British broadcasters, and of course they've complied spinelessly as usual, that they will face serious sanctions if they allow any discussion on their television stations and radio stations about any connection between 5G and so-called COVID-19. The British government, through this other idiot, um, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, you know, people are sitting there all over the houses, 66 million people in this country, oh, yeah, sitting in my house and doing as I'm told, because this, this guy, you wouldn't let run a, 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 you know, a Lego house, Hancock, is saying that everyone must do that. I mean, what are we doing? Anyway, people like him are now saying to the, the giants of Silicon Valley, your Zuckerbergs at um, Facebook, your Brins and Pages at Google, and your Wachowskis at Google-owned YouTube, etc., that they should ban people who are making a connection between 5G and this um, COVID-19 crisis. So that tells you, one, they couldn't care less about freedom and the right to free debate, thus they have no right to be in government and no right to be running a broadcast regulator. But it tells you something else. Number two, it tells you there is a link between 5G and this health crisis, COVID-19 as they call it. There is a link. There's only one reason they don't want it discussed, because there is a link. And who's been promoting 5G and the rollout of 5G? Who runs the licenses for 5G? Ofcom, same woman. So, there is a link between 5G and this so-called COVID-19, the situation we're facing. That's why they want to shut it down. If you can't win a debate, and they can't win this one, then don't have it. That is the motto of every tyranny in known human history. And uh, so 
And this we, is the only thing they're telling broadcasters not to talk about. They're yeah. not talking about, don't talk about the vaccines, don't talk about the this. It's this specific thing. Yeah. And they're going out there. If I was a radio station or television station right now, we'd, I'd probably be arrested. We would be shut down yeah. today. Um, but we're not because we're not governed by them right now. Right now. But I mean, I mean the, the, they want the censorship to go on and on and on because um, you see, when, when your conspiracy is control of perception, which means control of behavior, see, the control of perception, there is a virus and it's dangerous, has led to behavior of compliance with house arrest. If people realize there is no frickin' virus and it's a total scam, then their likelihood of um, acquiescing in that way is less because their perception is different, so their behavior is different. So where does perception come from? It comes from information received. That's why they want to dominate control of information. And let's just ask this question. Say there's no connection whatsoever between 5G and this COVID-19 um, so-called pandemic. Say there's no connection. What harm is done by discussing whether there is in a, on a broadcast station? None. So the reason they don't want it discussed is there is a frickin' link. Uh, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, the broadcasters are just, um, uh, you know, yes, miss, sorry, miss, uh, shows that they're next to bleeding useless. It's, it's, it's websites like mine, it's London Real and, and, and such organizations around the world where the real journalism goes on and the real information is made available to people. Because don't ask, don't ask um, the mainstream to tell you. Um, I mean, the BBC, the BBC is, is, is not a news organization, it's a government department. What they call journalists are actually civil servants in truth, call themselves journalists, they're not. You look at any situation and the BBC will tow the establishment line and promote nothing but that line and not allow questioning of it every time. BBC, BBC is long past the point where it is any use to anyone except the government. And, and so we, we, we come around to vaccines. vaccines. First of all, 5G Go. towers in Belfast, Liverpool, Birmingham in the last week have been burned and overnight because people are responding. There's all of this stuff going on in the Facebook groups. What do you think of that? And I know towards the end of this, you're gonna tell us about next steps for us, but what do you think about that action? It's not for me to tell anyone what to do um, because that's their right to choose. But you look at the situation and if 5G continues and reaches where they want to take it, human life as we'd known it is over. I've been saying this for so long. Oh, you're mad. That David likes mad. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not laughing now, are you? Um, so people have to make a decision. You know, I am personally um, absolutely anti-violence against people. Um, and I, I don't see violence uh, against uh, people um, taking us absolutely anywhere. Um, it, it, it's just, an, uh, you know, if, if, if you use violence against people, 
in the name of um, doing something you believe to be right, then you're, you're just a mirror of what you are seeking to fight. You know, I have this phrase, what you fight, you become. What you hate, you become. But people will have to make their own decisions. All I will say and repeat again, if this 5G continues and this rollout continues, that's it, over. Um, so um, what people decide to do about that is, um, is up to them. But it's very clear that what's happened is people have been put under house arrest on this false premise so there's no gathering, there's no ability to protest, and so they have free reign to rapidly deploy and expand 5G, while so many people have had their employment destroyed, have had their businesses destroyed, because they are deemed by the government non-essential, whereas rapidly deploying 5G towers with all their destructive and psychological potential is deemed to be um, essential work. Now you put that little lot together and you can see that there is a massive uh, conspiracy going on here to roll out 5G without protest and that means it ain't good for humanity. Um, and Elon Musk, who's this Silicon Valley celebrity. Oh, look, it's Elon Musk. Um, is, like all of these people involved in this, a super psychopath. He should be in jail for the rest of his um, human life, and I hope they would put him in the same cell as um, Bill Gates, because they deserve each other. Um, he is putting up more and more satellites, beaming this desperately destructive 5G at the Earth, because they, you see, when you're building a, um, a technological sub-reality to which every human being is connected via AI connections to the brain, then you have to create a situation where there is a, if you like, Wi-Fi field in every inch of the planet. The only way you're going to do that is from space. Every inch of the planet. And that's what they're doing. And Elon Musk knows that. Um, and that's why he's a psychopath. Uh, talking of which, um, we may turn to um, vaccines. Bill Gates. And then when I want to talk about the psychology of what all this is doing to us. Exactly. So where this is leading is a vaccine. Um, and in that vaccine will be lots of genetic material, stuff that will trigger poison in the cells, which will trigger exosomes, which will, oh, the virus. But also in that vaccine will be nanotechnology microchips. I mentioned um, a few minutes ago that Elon Musk had got permission for a million ground antennae to interact with his satellites. These nano microchips 
which are being put into us in many ways, but let's keep with the vaccines, are well beyond the ability of human sight to see. That's why they're nano. And they are known as smart dust, of course, smart on everything. They're known as nanobots. They're known as um, uh, neurobots. Lo lots of different names they give them. Smart dust will do. And the idea is to put them in the body and they will act within humans like the ground antenna act with the satellites of uh, Musk. They connect humans to this grid, this um, uh, technological sub-reality, this AI-controlled sub-reality. So um, we basically become nothing more than computer terminals. That's the idea. And I'll tell you a quick story which will lead me round to nanomicrochips in vaccines. In the late 1990s, I was asked to um, go and see a CIA scientist in California um, because he wanted to get out things that were going on, but he couldn't, and why he couldn't became very obvious. So I went to see him at his house, he's in Southern California, and his family's there and his children are there and, and they gave me some food and, and, and we had a long chat that evening. And he wanted to tell me things that were happening because he couldn't. He said he joined the CIA, he was a scientist, because he thought he was serving his country. And he said when he got in, he realized that this conspiracy I've been exposing for 30 years was actually happening. That's why he contacted me. And he said, I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing a part in that. And he walked out. He said, next time, uh, n next thing he knew, he left home after he walked out. And he said, I've got missing time. He said, I don't know what happened after that. The next thing I know after leaving home is I woke up on this medical type bench in this room. He, he was on his own and he's lying there and he gets his faculties back and he realizes something stuck to his chest. So he opens his shirt and he was opening his shirt and showing me um, as he was telling me this story. Uh, I seriously wasn't expecting it, I can tell you. And what happens um, as he opened his shirt, on his chest was like a see-through plastic um, shampoo sachet. And inside was this orangey liquid, orangey golden type liquid. And he said, because I'd asked him the question before he did this, why do you do what you do? I, I knew what the answer was going to be, but I wanted him to tell me the, uh, in his own words. Why do you still work for him then? He said, because of this. In the CIA, they call these patches. Someone's been patched. And what they did in that missing time is they manipulate their bodies. He said, he, you know, there were at least a, a thousand other scientists who were patched at the time. We're talking late 90s, like 97, something like that. Um, and he said, I am coming around to, to microchips and vaccines. Uh, and he, um, he said, in that missing time, what they do is they manipulate your body to need the drug in the patch to survive. How they do it, I don't know, but they do it. And um, 
he said this patch has to be replaced every 72 hours and if you um, are not repatched then you start to die a very unpleasant death and he said I called their bluff on one occasion to see if they were just scamming me and they weren't messing that's what happened so um, if he doesn't do and use his expertise to support the CIA in this uh, whole um, global cult scam and conspiracy, then he's not repatched. And he actually said to me, um, I'm holding back knowledge that I have that they want, and I'm letting them know I am, because I know from other people it's happened to, that once they think they've taken everything they can get from you, they just don't repatch you. Because then you can't go and tell anybody what the hell's been going on. So he took a lot of guts to talk to me. Anyway, this is what he also told me. Now remember, this is 1997-ish. No one's talking about nanotechnology, really. Later, it was, you know, now it's in everything. It's in food. But they weren't talking about it then in the, you know, general arena. He said, what they're doing is they are injecting people with um, tiny, tiny microchips that you can't see in vaccination programs. And he told me what these chips were for. Um, and this is like late 90s. So these vaccines that are promoted by Bill Gates and funded by Bill Gates like no one else on earth, not least through an organization called Gavi, um, and um, Bill Gates and Gavi want to vaccinate everyone and they do they want something else this Gavi organization of Bill Gates has been developing they want and this is the name they give a quantum tattoo on everyone who's vaccinated so they can digitally tell if you've been vaccinated or not now where this is going is this COVID-19 scam um, eventually the figures will start to drop and, and they'll ease the lockdown at some point. But what they're planning is other waves. And because the lockdown precedent has been set, there won't be any run-up to lockdown with any other wave. There will be immediate lockdown. They're, this is what it's all about. And they're getting people psychologically uh, uh, subservient to that. Um, and then they will say um, that if you have the vaccine, and currently there are seven vaccines said to be um, in the works for COVID-19, every single one is funded by Bill Gates. This is the same Bill Gates who... Um, was involved with his um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in um, Event 201, which was a simulation of a coronavirus pandemic and how the, the, the authorities would react, exactly as they have, um, six weeks before um, the um, thing uh, came to public attention in um, China. Also uh, running that uh, Event 201 simulation of a coronavirus pandemic 
was the World Economic Forum, which Gates is massively involved in, this is the 1%, and an organization um, called um, well, the John Hopkins, uh, Johns Hopkins University Medical Operation in America. Um, also there was Johnson & Johnson, he's one of the one that's now developing the vaccine for COVID-19. The Johns Hopkins organization that took part in that um, simulation, which turned out to be exactly as it's turned out, also ran a simulation in 2018 along the same lines. Who is collating the global figures quoted in the media of COVID-19 cases and deaths? The Johns Hopkins operation that was involved in these um, simulations. Uh, the idea is that they'll say if you want to come out of lockdown and uh, you don't want to keep going into lockdown then you have got to have the vaccine that we say you have to have so that you are not a threat to the rest of the community. And that gives you rights. Yeah. That's this passport that Bill Gates was talking about. Yes. Uh, uh, Bill Gates is one of the most sinister people on planet Earth. And by God, think of the competition. Um, and so you um, have a situation where this is, this is where the game is going. That you have this vaccine full of shite to control you and to undermine your health so that we can have more pandemics. Um, or you, want, you can't mix with the rest of the community, you can't fly, etc. Now, uh, this is why, this is the real reason why Gates uh, and Gavi, this vaccine alliance, um, has developed this quantum tattoo so that they can tell who's had the vaccine and who hasn't, and there will be technology that you pass through, which will pick it up to see if you, you when you're, tr say, trying to get on a plane, oh no, you can't, you've not been vaccinated. Is it like a chip inside of you? Well, yeah, that be, it, in simple terms, that, that's basically what it will be. Uh, it, it, you know, exactly what uh, technology they come up with, we'll, we'll see. But th th the principle is exactly that. Uh, and uh, when, you, when you pass through technology now, at specific points, your temperature is going to be taken. We now have, because there's, you see, what we've got to understand is that the people that run Silicon Valley are lovely people. They care, they care deeply about humanity. So, first of all, what they've been doing, they've just released it, people like Google, is they're releasing um, mobile phone tracking data to governments so governments can see if there's any gathering of people during the lockdown. Yeah, they found a bunch of kids who went to a spring break party on the beach, 70 of them, and they tracked them to 40 different states in America. I thought that was illegal to give their data up, but they're doing it. Oh, once you have the lockdown and you suspend democracy, which is what's happened, and you enter a tyranny that can only be described as fascistic, there are no legalities for humans anymore because the government does what it likes. And it's not the politicians, they're just clueless. It's the dark suits behind the government that, that, that drive it. So um, that's only one step from the microchip, which is where they want to go, whereby they will track you, where you wh wherever you go, 
um, in real time and they will say um, ongoing that only this amount can ever gather together because they don't want mass protests and they'll know if you do because they'll be tracking you. Now let's go to China. I've been saying um, in the books and uh, talks for decades that if you want to see what they plan for the West tomorrow, look at China today. So in China, you have a situation. This is where what, I, what we've just been talking about is planned to go in the West, whereby there are millions of face recognition cameras. The Metropolitan Police have just introduced uh, face recognition cameras. See, in China, you've got a, 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 an open tyranny. And so this is what's happening. In the West, it's, oh, no, it, uh, we, we, it's not a tyranny. We're, we're just doing it because it, it's good. Right? They, they have to do it slower. But now they've suspended democracy. They can do it faster. So they're rolling out this 5G, for instance. Um, and so in China, you've got millions of face recognition cameras which are constantly tracking the population in real time. You are a number, brackets C, George Orwell, C, um, Aldous Huxley. And I've seen documentaries where they've sent someone out on the streets of China to see how long it would take to find him. Minutes, found you. And what happens is that these um, face recognition cameras everywhere are... Through AI, they're logging your behavior. And what you do is you get social credits. You're being a good boy and girl if you behave the way the government wants. If you don't, those credits are taken away. And when you re reach a certain level of credits taken away, then you start to hit consequences. Like there are millions and millions of people in China who through not behaving as the government wants are now banned from flying or banned from even going on a train. And this is what is planned. It's total and utter control. And this uh, COVID-19 scam hoax has been designed to um, create in very fast time the very global centralization of power that, um, that we have uh, or I have been um, highlighting for 30 years was coming and how did I know that because if you are willing to put in the hours and the sweat um, day after day after day um, and suspend your um, it, that can't be true mind you can uncover this conspiracy and you can uncover what is planned because this is not put together in days or even decades. Question, how did Aldous Huxley with Brave New World in 1932, how did he, how, why was he so bloody accurate on where the world is going now? Why was George Orwell so accurate with his book 1984 published in 1948 when he, like um, Huxley in his own way, were describing technology like telescreens, we now call them smart TVs, although the smart TVs today are nothing like what the telescreens are meant to be, where, where you constantly watched in your own home. How, how did people like um, Orwell, um, Eric Blair, his real name, how did he know this technology was coming when it didn't exist? How did 
a man called Dr. Richard Day, who was a, um, an executive of the Rockefeller organization Planned Parenthood, which came out of the eugenics movement. How did he know, I've quoted him at length in my books, in 1969, that the internet was coming? You look at what it, uh, um, this Dr. Richard Day um, said in a presentation to pediatricians in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1969, what was going to happen in the world, and it is extraordinary, not just in theme, in fine detail. One of the things that he told them that night, we're going to make boys and girls the same. Um, none of this is by accident, it's all by design. And um, he described the internet, it's supposed to have been invented in the 1980s, he described it in 1969. He described mass migrations of people into Europe in 1969, that it was coming, and why. So how do they know this? Because there is a long planned agenda for humanity leading to, a, to total and utter control through AI and control of the human mind and perception. And it's going step by step by step by step. It's what I call the totalitarian tiptoe. You go in steps and each step is promoted as unconnected to the other steps until you get down the line, you look back and you see where all the apparently but not unconnected steps have taken you in a very clear and obvious um, direction. So if you are an insider, like Day was, and by the way, before I leave that point, he was an executive of Planned Parenthood, which um, came out of the eugenics movement and was created by the Rockefeller family. Bill Gates's father was head of the Planned Parenthood and a supporter of Malthus, the eugenicist, as was, he admits himself, in my earlier days, yeah, right, Bill Gates. Um, and so th these organizations keep coming up again and again in relation to all these different people because they're all bloody um, connected. So if, you can, if you're an insider like Day, you know what's coming. And if you work your bloody ass off to uncover it, then you can predict what's coming. This is why my books over the last 30 years, um, as people are now recognizing, have been just extraordinarily prophetic in what's happening now. Why? Because if there is an agenda for the world and nothing intervenes to stop it, which is the whole point of my life, trying to make that happen, then it will happen. And in uncovering the agenda and saying this is the plan, you will, without an intervention, be predicting the future. Um, and the reason my books are so accurate in predicting the future is that they're just revealing what the plan is. Now, you know, the Chinese have a word which means both danger and opportunity. We, ladies and gentlemen of the human race, are now at a point of danger and opportunity. If people go on sitting on their arse and acquiescing, woof, woof, yes, sir. If people think it's bad now, whoa, what? They've not even started yet. And I've been saying in the last 30 years to people who've laughed in my face, you go and look at your children 
and your grandchildren in the eye and you justify to them you doing nothing. Because if you think it's bad for you, just have some imagination and see the world of total, utter control, dystopia, that your children and your grandchildren are going to live in. And you come and tell me then that you're not prepared to get off your ass, to stop thinking about consequences. I'll give you bloody consequences in where we're going if we do not put aside, yeah, but what are the consequences for me? What are the consequences of you not doing it? We have to stop acquiescing to this cult. And let me put it in perspective. We have a health secretary who's not got, I see no evidence that he has two brain cells to rub together. And he'll be secretary of something else eventually. He's not making the decisions, he's just a front man for the, the, the real power in the background, the advisors and such. But Matt Hancock says, you must do this. And 66 billion, without even thinking about it, do it. And we sit and we cook in the ever-expanding 5G. It goes to 60 gigahertz and we can't frickin' breathe. And people just sit there. Well, you can't, the government says. We are at a pivotal point in the history of the human race, literally. Because there will be no human race as we know it if we don't get our asses in gear now, worldwide. And people have said to me over the years, Brian, a few people can't control the world, that's ridiculous. They've got half the frickin' world locked down under house arrest, tiny few people, in a matter of weeks. What do you mean they can't? They are. So, how long are we going to take it? How long are we going to take it? Of course, the next thing they'll start doing is, do, is, is sorting out the food. What can put people under more dependency than the state controlling food. And you know, I'll tell you where this is going. I've said this before, but this is where it's going. They're moving eventually into a situation where food as we've known it will go. It will be synthetic food. You know, all, this, um, all these attacks on meat and stuff and all these different ways of food, um, it's a stepping stone. It's the totalitarian tiptoe. What industry has been destroyed as much as any in the world as a, as a result of this lockdown? Restaurants uh, uh, um, and etc. Um, and th they're, not, they're not meant to um, exist in the long term because they want to control food. Because if they control food, they control you. Because if you don't do what you said, you don't get any food. This is, this is where we're going. And ultimately, to the AI connection to the human brain, where we won't even be thinking our own thoughts anymore. AI will be doing our thinking for us. Is that through the nanotechnology in yeah. the vaccine? Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 but they're telling us, Brian. This guy, Ray Kurzweil, um, another breeding psychopath, in, um, in Silicon Valley, a Google executive, he says by 2030, humans will start to have their brains connected to AI, 
Um, and these are his words, not mine. When that happens, AI will do more and more of human thinking until eventually human thinking as we know it will be virtually negligible. There, there is words I summarize. Now, we have a guy called um, Elon Musk. I did, I did mention he was a psychopath, didn't I? Um, and he um, came out some years ago, you might remember, said, AI could be the end of humanity. Yeah, right, and you know. You know that. And so what does he do? He starts a company called Neuralink to connect the human brain to computers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he also runs this, um, this SpaceX organization putting the satellites up, but he also runs Tesla, Tesla cars, right? And they're electric cars, right? Electric cars. Why, British government's just done it, why are they phasing out petrol cars and diesel cars? Because where they're going is autonomous vehicles where the computer will decide where you can go. Petrol car, you get in it, you drive where you want to go. When you're in an autonomous car, um, you will go only to the limits that the computer will take the car. And those computers will be uh, encoded so that you go nowhere the government doesn't want you to go. And now, these autonomous cars, and you know these smart motorways that they're building in Britain, they call them smart motorways, very dangerous, killing a lot of people, but they don't care, they're psychopaths. Um, they, the, the reason they're building these smart motorways is for autonomous vehicles. Um, Uber, another Silicon Valley company, um, it's losing phenomenal amounts of money um, in its global taxi business, because money no object. Money, no object. Money was no object for Amazon when it was looting unbelievable amounts of money as it was getting a bigger and bigger monopoly. And of course, as a result of this um, lockdown, its market share globally is going to be vastly uh, larger with all the businesses uh, destroyed than it was before. Um, so Uber, its business model is autonomous vehicles, autonomous, quote, taxis. So all this money's being pumped in, money no object, doesn't matter how much you're losing. And what they're doing to get that monopoly is they're destroying taxi businesses all over the world so they have the monopoly. What has this lockdown done? It's devastated the taxi business, but not Uber. And so um, you can't have autonomous cars and petrol cars and diesel cars. So they're phasing out petrol and diesel on this ludicrous idea that, that humans are causing uh, climate change, which is another 1% um, uh, hoax run by um, computer models out of the same people that are running the computer models of the so-called virus. The autonomous vehicles are run by electricity. So the electric cars, it's to save the environment, are merely the stepping stone to electrical autonomous vehicles. And Musk knows that. I describe this society they're creating so rapidly now as the Hunger Games Society, where you've got a tiny few 1% running everything and um, the rest of the population in servitude and in um, dependency on the 1%. What has this lockdown around the world done exactly that on purpose? That's why they've done it. And in the middle is a police military state to hold that um, status quo.
You need to explain what that's done economically as well. Yeah. How that links to the universal what, basic what, income. See, that Hunger Games society um, I've just described is not possible while vast numbers of the population have independent income. You can't crash people into this poverty-stricken, um, deprived masses, which is what this Hunger Games society is supposed to be, um, if people have independent income and businesses and stuff like that. Because they, they've got the money not to fall there. So what they've done is they've destroyed all those businesses and all that employment, many of them will never open again. And what have they done? They've created mass global dependency on the state. And if you take this state and this state and this state and this state and you go to the next level, you have the cult that's orchestrating the whole um, uh, uh, frickin' thing. The stimulus packages. And once they, they just pass one in the states, two trillion to six trillion, now they want to do another one yeah. and another one. And what that's going to do is destroy governments economically. And then what they're going to say is um, the economic system as we've known it is no longer um, sustainable. It is no longer possible for it to survive. So what we're going to do, because we care so deeply about the human race, is to bring in a whole new economic system, which will all be based on a digital currency, what I've been predicting in my book since about 1993. Um, and um, everything you do and everything you purchase, A, we will know about, and B, we can decide any time if you can purchase or not. Because if you go into a store now, um, though, again, not as much as a few weeks ago, and um, you hand over a credit card, digital money, and they try your card, and they say, sorry, it won't take your card. Computer won't take your card. So, okay, I'll pay cash then. So, when there's no cash, and note, because this, this, this virus scam ticks every box for this cult. Everything I've said they want, they are justified by this, what's happening. They're saying um, money's dangerous because you could catch the virus from it, brackets, bollocks. Um, and so, you know, people that used to take cash are not taking cash anymore because I might catch the bleeding virus, right? And you've got the people, the company that's running the ATMs actually came out about, you know, three, four days ago and said by the end of the summer, cash could be finished because of, the, you know, the virus, right? So, and the UK just introduced plastic cash which probably holds the virus longer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's nothing to do with health. It's all about control. I mean, it's just such crap. Anyway, um, so when cash is gone, which is the idea, and you only have digital money, and what's, what it's planned to be is everything on your microchip. See, totalitarian tiptoe, step, 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 step. They've now gone to your phone. They've, they've, they've gone from your cash. They've gone now from your credit card, and they've gone to your phone. So now it's digital, phone, everything on the phone, and that phone becomes the microchip. It just one, it's only one step away now. It's all in my books in the 90s. And um, so you go into a store and you 
pay with your chip or your whatever. And they say, sorry, the computer won't take your card. Or, or it won't take your digital money. So how are you going to purchase now? You ain't. And, uh, and dissidents of this system, of which I will be one to my last frickin' breath, will go off the Christmas card list of the computer very early on. It's all about total and utter control. Which is what they do in China now. Yeah, again. yeah. Um, and as I was saying, this Hunger Games society is supposed to be a... It is fascism, it is communism, which are diff different names for the same tyrannies, really. Centralization of power in the hands of the few. But the real name, although the, the fascism and the communism, it, it, the way it plays out is, is basically the same, but the way it's done is different. It's a technocracy they're creating. And technocracies, a global technocracy, and technocracies are defined as societies that are um, controlled by bureaucrats, not elected politicians, they're going. That's the plan, they're going. The more they can discredit politicians in the public mind, the more the public will say, oh yeah, well they're useless anyway, and yeah, let's have a technocracy. So um, it's uh, run by uh, bureaucrats, by scientists, by engineers, by technocrats. All these people in Silicon Valley are technocrats. And already the technocrats of Silicon Valley, and, and we should not forget Israel either, because that's the second Silicon Valley of the world now, staggering as it may seem, do your research. Um, the technocrats are already running the world. Politicians have, most politicians have got a clue what goes on in Silicon Valley, let alone understanding, legislating for it. They're running it. The Gateses are running the whole vaccine operation. They're running the World Health Organization. You know? Um, and so the technocrats are already uh, uh, taking over. And the more you move into this um, technological, technocratic society of AI, the technocrats are taking over because the politicians become irrelevant. Um, now, whose grandfather was head of the Technocratic Party of Canada in the 30s, which was campaigning for just such a society? Elon Musk. There's no way that he's doing what he's doing by accident. And that he will know what he's doing. And these people need not celebrating the Gateses and the frickin' Musks and the Bezoses, another one, and the Brins and the Pages at uh, Google and the Wachowskis at YouTube. They don't need celebrating. They need calling out. They need exposing for what they're doing, which is building this technocratic, nightmare dystopian society based on AI and total censorship of any other form of view or information that is at odds with the official narrative, which is why Ofcom and Melanie frickin' Dawes are banning discussion of the link between 5G and COVID-19 in British broadcasters. And let me say this, Brian. Uh, let me say this to the broadcasters. Let me say this to everybody who's just accepting this. Let me say it to law enforcement. Daddy, 
What were you doing when the global fascist state came in and the economic system was destroyed and now we have to do everything the state says or we don't get our pittance every month? What were you doing, Daddy? The population. I was just sitting there, darling. Journalists. I was helping to bring it in, darling, by lying to the public. Law enforcement. I was enforcing it, darling. All the bloody best with that conversation with your kids and grandkids when you face the fact and the reality of what's going on. And you know, I'll say this to law enforcement, you know. There are a lot of intelligent, genuine, decent people in law enforcement. But there are, at the same time, some monumental morons and some serious psychopaths who are loving this now. I mean, Derbyshire police is loving it. Uh, ex in extreme imposing these laws, putting black dye in, um, in, in Blue Lagoon tourist attractions so that people won't go there, telling my son, Jamie, that they're tracking him because he's been out with his dog in the middle of frickin' nowhere, can't see anybody because it's, it's not essential travel. And... Derbyshire Police is, is run by a, um, a chief constable, what's his name, Peter Gordon, is it? Something like that. Um, who has such extraordinary levels of intelligence that he um, disconnected the Derby Constabulary Male Voice Choir from the police because they wouldn't take women members. Male voice choir, uh, uh, excuse me, male voice choir, certain sound, they refused. So he got rid of, he, he, he disconnected them. And he has been overseeing Derby police who have been imposing this lockdown in extremis. I say to the decent, um, intelligent, genuine police law enforcement people in this country, your children and your grandchildren are going to have to live in the world you are enforcing. Same with the military. Oh, come and fight for your country, and we'll let your family back at the barracks in Britain live in total shite accommodation, because we care about you. You're enforcing laws not to protect the public, but to protect and enforce the will of a cult that makes psychopaths look like Mother Teresa. What are you doing? Look your children in the eye. Look your grandchildren in the eye. And tell me that you're going to go on enforcing a fascist tyranny that is going to ensnare those kids as much as anyone else's. Take your uniform off. Leave the force. Now tell me how you feel about what you did before. Now you are subject to what you were doing before. You can't appeal to the psychopaths. You can't appeal to the morons in uniform. But we can appeal to the 
the very large number of decent, uh, uh, caring, genuine people in the law, law enforcement. What are you doing enforcing fascism? We're at a point in the road here. What do the rest of us do, David? What do we do? It's not for me to tell people what to do. It's for me to point out the consequences of sitting on your ass, letting a handful of psychopaths and idiots, because that's the dynamic, destroy your future, destroy your livelihood, destroy your kids' future and your grandkids' future. You go on sitting on your ass, and that is an absolute gimme. What have you got to lose? What is there to lose? Most people have lost everything anyway. So what you got to lose? You know, if you... Well, I said this before in our chat two weeks ago, but if you, if you are faced with a, an army coming at you, if you've got somewhere to run, you likely run. Army, symbolic of this freaking cult and all its agencies. But when you end up in a canyon and there's only one way out and that army's coming through that way out, well, what are you going to do? There's nowhere to run. So you stand up. You say, we're not having this. We're not having this. You want me to do this? You want me to do that? Well, I ain't doing it. Because when you've got nowhere to run, you've got nowhere to lose. And you know what's happened as a result of this lockdown? Humanity has nowhere to run anymore. So what are you going to... What are you going to do? Are you just going to take it? You're going to let the tiny few do this to you? Or are you going to say, I'm not having it? And I'll tell you what I do. I go out whenever I freaking like. Right? Um, whenever I choose. And I don't go near anybody. Because although I say they're buying a monumental lie, I respect their right and their belief that they're in some kind of freaking danger. So I don't go near them. I won't go near them. I, you know, I, I, I like my own company to a large extent. So what I do is I walk out of my house, don't see anybody, get my car on my own, and I drive out into the countryside. And I walk, don't see anybody, odd person, you know, nowhere near me. And then I walk back and I get in my car and I drive home. I get out of my car and I walk back into my flat. I don't see anybody. Now, I'm allowed to do that, according to these um, psychopaths and idiots, once a day in Britain, right? Now, I've said to them, send me a uniform. I don't care what fancy dress it is. Send me a dark suit. And if they can explain to me why me doing what I've just described 10 times a day is going to harm anyone, even by what I say is your ludicrous criteria, then I'll stop doing it. But they never will be able to do that because, of course, it's total frickin' nonsense. And the fact that it's nonsense, the fact that 
going out on your own and uh, away from everybody, if you do it once or ten times a day, it doesn't matter. You're still not going to harm anybody, even by their ludicrous criteria. But you can only go out once. That tells you what this is about. It's not about health. It's about control. And it's about a control agenda that goes back ridiculous amounts of time and is now heading towards its fruition. This is all in my books in great detail, the ancient and modern nature of this, because this, this is not something that's new. It's something that's now reaching its end game. And um, 8 billion people, nearly, 66 million in Britain, number of people locking everyone down, tiny. I think I see a way out of this. What's the way, David? Hmm? What's the way out of this? <laughs> Us choosing to make a decision based on our own knowledge and our own research and our own gut feeling of what's right. Let me, let me just say this. We got into this frickin' mess through acquiescence to power. Most of that power, all of that power, is simply our perception that it has power. 66 million, handful, I don't think it has. So if we got into this mess by acquiescing to the illusion of power, what's the frickin' answer? Ceasing to do so. And then we'll see where the real power is. And it's not with the few. David, what's it like to watch 30 years of what you've been working on uh, all come to fruition, prediction, reality in three weeks? What's it like? I, I, I don't give myself the time to be frustrated because that's uh, just drains your energy. So I, I just get on with it. And I see silver linings in every cloud. I've been aware, Brian, all the way through this 30 years, as all the laughter and the ridicule and the abuse, that it had to get real bad before enough minds were focused on the fact that this world is not like they thought it was and it's not run by the forces they thought it was. So I see this not just as a danger, it's certainly that. I see it as a wonderful opportunity. Because people, there will be some of course, because they've allowed themselves, they don't have to be, they've allowed themselves to become software programs, press enter people I call them, um, uh, who, who simply ha have denied themselves the capacity for free thought. But there are a lot of people whose perceptions of the world will have changed in the last three weeks. They will have realized that they can't just wave away the idea that a few people are running the world to a very malevolent end because they're watching it unfold in front of their eyes. And um, we will see in the weeks to come what impact that mass realization of what we're dealing with and what this world is, 
will have in its impact upon um, what people do and how people cease to acquiesce to power or the perception of power, because that's all it is. Um, we are in a position here where this could be, this could be the turning point when humanity got off its fricking knees. Some seven million people watched our last episode, David. I'm sure tens of millions will watch this. Uh, apparently our last episode is going to be broadcast on a television station in this country and be promoted in a mainstream newspaper with nearly a million circulation. People are listening. They're tuning in. Does this give you hope? Oh, of course. Um, and it's not about me, it's about the information, it's about the realisation of the reality that we're experiencing behind the smoke screens and the um, illusions uh, that we're given and told um, to believe in. Um, so, you know, in the old, um, the old um, yellow brick road, Wizard of Oz, they seem to be dealing with an all-powerful force and when they looked behind the curtain it was an old bloke who had no power at all and this cult expresses its power by persuading the target population that it has power its power is in our acquiescence to that illusion of power. We now have the chance to break the spell, to break the, um, the mind spell and see behind the curtain. And what we'll find is something that's not powerful at all once we stop acquiescing to it. And that's my, that's where I well, it's where I want things to go, but it's also where I know things can go. Because in the last few weeks, a worldwide, that spell has been broken. And at the same time, this cult has broken cover. It's walked into the room where we can see it. And you know what's happened? The frickin' door has clicked behind it. And we're now in a different game. And I tell you this, I have tracked this, these people, this cult, for 30 years full time. And I've seen what they do, and I've seen how they act, and I've seen their staggering, shocking levels of psychopathy. And you know what? I don't fear them one smear because I am more powerful than they are and they frickin' know it. I ain't come here to fail. And I frickin' want. Why are you more powerful than they are, David? Why? 
because I have levels of consciousness and everybody watching this program has those same levels of consciousness if they will only open their minds to it. It's theirs, it's their right, it's their true self. Whereas this cult is so limited in its, um, in its perception, in its, in its ability to make things happen. You see, what they've done, because they are so limited, I promise you they are so limited, the only way they can control humanity is to put humanity in a smaller box than they're in. That's how they've done it. And when humanity steps out of the box and realizes its true identity, which is a state of infinite awareness, which these pillocks aren't, then they're in a box. We are expanded consciousness well beyond the box. And they become powerless to that. They have to put us in a smaller box than they're in. That's what they've done. And they, they could not do it without it. Once, once we open our eyes, we open our minds, we open our hearts, the walls of the prison, the walls of the bubble, the walls of the box, whatever you want to talk about, just fade away. And we become the true power that we really are, all of us. Yes, you, Ethel, on the checkout, you as well, all of us. And the way they have controlled us is by blocking out that expansion of true self and locked us away in a bubble where we perceive everything only through the five senses. We self-identify with labels, we self-identify with um, our life stories and our race and our sexuality and all that stuff. They're just experiences. And they keep us in the bubble when we think that's the I. And that's, so we're in the bubble, they're in a slightly bigger bubble, and so they control. When we realize the true nature of what we are, which is consciousness, eternal, exploring, forever consciousness, having a brief experience called human, and we tap into that infinite creativity, power, and open our, 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 our hearts. And when you open your heart, it's not just to love, not, not I love you darling, saw you down the disco love. I mean real love in its infinite, unconditional sense. Um, what you're doing is you're tapping in to a level of consciousness that does not have something which is the very foundation of human control. It does not have fear. So, I am a unique expression of all that is, has been, and ever can be. I will go on exploring forever, forever. This is just a brief experience. What is there to fear? Nothing. And when you lose fear, you do what you know to be right without asking the question, which is fear asking the question. This is what I know I need to do, but what are the consequences for me? 
It's asking about the consequences, which is fear asking the question, that leads to people not doing what they know to be right. Once you open that and you go beyond fear, then you don't ask about consequences. You just do what you know to be right. And you know something, this cult is terrified of that. It's terrified of fearless people because fear is its currency of control. And if people are not fearful, it has lost its currency of control. And that's why I have more power than they have. Because you know something? They are consumed by fear. And their biggest fear, because it's over then, is humanity awakening to what the frickin' hell is really going on and who is really in control. They can only control by their target population being in ignorance of that. Once we realize their game is over, and that's why I have more powerful power than them, and they freaking know it, and all of us have more power than them. Put aside fear. Stop asking about consequences, and you will see where the real power is. And it's not with these psychopaths. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems so clear. It seems so obvious what you just said, David. But fear paralyzes so many people because they're worried about all these consequences from the postage stamp mentality that you've been talking about for 30 years. And so there's all the reasons why they shouldn't do what they should do. And then that stops them. But they are this close. This close. To opening it up and saying, what do you got? You've got nothing. I've got nothing to be scared of because I am here as an infinite being and infinite consciousness, so bring it, and then we'll realize that they have no power. Ask, them, ask one question, if you need to. Fear will ask it. What are the consequences of me not taking this shit anymore? Okay, ask another question. What are the consequences of me taking it? And I'll tell you now, the consequences of taking it infinitely greater than not taking it. Um, and um, so when people let go of fear, including the fear of death, which is freezes so many people, fear of death, there is no death. It's just, it's just a transfer of point of attention. That's what death is. That's all. We're inf infinite awareness. Um, once you let go of fear, um, What can stop you, control you, impose its will upon you now? Because it's done through fear, and when you have no fear, it can't do it. So, bring it on. You don't frighten me. And you know something? You never freaking will. For some reason, I'm having a flashback to an old episode of Star Trek, David. The one with William Shatner, the original ones. And there was this alien entity that was terrorizing the Starship Enterprise. And it fed off their own hate and fear of each other. And when Captain Kirk realized this at the very last scene, he said, oh, that's what they're feeding off. And they all started laughing, and they all started being joyful, and the entities literally died in front of their eyes, and they saw they were these tiny little insignificant insects, and they ran away. Well, if people read my books, when I go into the deep level of what's behind this cult, that is, that is so close to the truth of what's going on, if we go deeper into deeper levels. 
um, exactly what is going on. And the greatest, uh, um, the greatest thing apart from fear is they have to divide and rule us. Um, so they have dividers on race and sexuality and political view and all the rest of it. Um, and if we could just find the peace to be at peace with others having a different view to us, those fault lines would fall. Um, and we would start to see that whether you are a Jew or a Muslim or a transgender or um, black, white, whatever, these are just different experiences of the same infinite state of awareness. They're just different points of attention in the same state of awareness. We are each other. And the key is you believe what you want to believe, but don't seek to impose it on anyone else. I, I don't care what people believe. I don't care um, what they think or what their views are. I only care when they seek to impose them on other people. That's when the problem starts. So why can't I sit with a Muslim and a Jew and a Christian and a Hindu and disagree with their belief systems, because don't buy any of them. And yet, we just have a friendly chat. No need for conflict, no need for fighting. I don't agree with you. It's very interesting what you're saying, though. I, there's some things there, I, you know, I, I do resonate with, with a bit of whatever you all say. I just don't buy the whole belief system. But anyway, let's have a, let's have a cup of tea and a chat, okay? Nice to meet you. Let's have a chat again. There's no need for conflict. Conflict comes and divided rule comes when each of those is trying to impose their belief on the others or me. That's when the conflict comes. One of the great things that has to happen for us to come together is people have to find peace in other people having different opinions because we are expressions of all that is, has been, and ever can be. And what, what, what am I saying when I say that? We are expressions of all possibility, all possibility. So what the hell are we doing insisting that everyone shares a sense of the possible that's, that, 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 that we have? We're dealing with all possibility. We should be celebrating real diversity, not the frickin' illusion of it with a woke. We should be celebrating real diversity and um, celebrating the uniqueness and the spontaneity and the... Um, the different ways and angles of seeing everything. We should be celebrating that. It's how we learn from each other. But when you think, I am right, this is the woke mentality, which is orchestrated by the 1%, by the way. That's why billionaires fund it, like Soros. I am right. And therefore, by definition, Brian, if I am right, you're saying something different to me, so you must be wrong. And if you're wrong, What's the, 
What's it matter if you don't have freedom of speech? You're wrong, right? But when we say um, everyone has a right to their opinion, everyone has a right to their view, and there's no one who's all right, and there's no one who's all wrong. It's just a matter of degree. When we say that and we're at peace with it, we can disagree on the way we see the world and be in perfect harmony with each other. Because no matter what our labels and the divisions and the fault lines that are used to divide us, this cult has every single one of us in its gun sight. Can you not see that now? Hindus are locked down, Christians are locked down, Jews are locked down. Hello? Let this be the time when we see the fallacy and the farce of allowing ourselves to be divided and ruled by our beliefs and our belief in I am right and therefore no one else should be able to have a different opinion to me because that's how the cult works plays groups off against each other sets them at war with each other and if they just looked up they'd realize that the same hands are holding all the strings while we fight down here let's come together realize what's going on and where this is going and cease to be divided and ruled we're in this together and we'll get out of it together. My favorite part of our last conversation here three weeks ago was at the very end where you said, everyone should make up their own mind and do what they feel. Exactly. And that's the opposite of what any person with an agenda, any cult, any government, any corporation says. They all tell you what to do. No. Do this because this is why, because I am right. Yeah. And yet David Icke, very end says do what's in your heart do what you feel to be right do what you know to be right and you will make a unique contribution because that's what you are unique contribution to getting out of this um, but acquiescence is not an option because acquiescence is how we got here I had a call with someone this week and they said what's David like and I paused and I said, David is a great man. And I think you are a great man, David. Well, that's very kind. But we're all great. We are all great. It's just that most people have forgot. And they think they're Ethel on the checkout and Bill at the cash and carry. No, no. That's just your experience, mate. You are all that is, has been, and ever can be. And all that power, and all that creativity, and all that insight, and all that knowing He's just waiting for you to open your mind to it, to break out of the bubble of the five sense illusion. And then you'll realize you ain't Ethel on the checkout and you ain't Bill at the cash and carry. And at that point, this world will change in ways that we couldn't imagine possible. I think that's exactly where we're gonna leave this today, David. I'm gonna shake your hand. <laughs> and you dare give me COVID-19 that doesn't exist. That's symbolic. Uh, David, please uh, stay safe. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, if people want to go find this entire playlist of the doctors, they can go to davidike.com. Yep. If people want to watch our previous four conversations, they can go to londonreal.tv and watch all that stuff. Uh, like I said, take care of yourself. Please put, keep putting these messages out there. I don't know any other way. <sighs> they'll, they'll carry me out 
with me still saying it. <laughs> no one's going to shut me up. Any final thoughts? Well, only that. This is just a wonderful opportunity for us to look at the nonsense of how we got here and realize that all we have to do is reverse it and we're out of here. You see, people say, what's the solutions? We're drowning in solutions and solutions lead to more problems and so it goes on. The greatest way to um, solve a problem is to remove the cause of it. You know, uh, you can find a solution to a problem and then that will lead to something else, will lead to another problem. Or you can look at why the problem is happening and you remove the cause. And when you remove the cause of a problem, the problem has to disappear. It has to. Because the cause that's making the problem has disappeared, therefore the problem must disappear. And acquiescence to power, the illusion of power, is how we got here. And the solution is not, you know, do this, do that, fight this, fight that. It's stop acquiescing to the illusion of power and stop being told what to do when you know it's not what you should be doing by the illusion of power. And then the problem, which is the illusion of power in others, is gone. And the world has changed because the world today is a manifestation of acquiescence to power. That's all it is. Never more extreme than it is now. Remove that cause and the problem disappears. And it will be the cult that will be queuing to mass buy the toilet paper. I look forward to that reality. <laughs> David, until next time, who knows, it could be sooner than later. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much. Whatever. For here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. And uh, until next time, thanks for another incredible conversation. Cheers, Brian. You're great. Right. You're great. Great interview, mate. Thanks, David. All right. We're out. Bye. At London Real, we believe that individual transformation can change the world. Join us and start your journey today.